Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the new episode of Let's Chat with Binish and Mavish. Assalamu alaikum, Mavish. How are you doing? Hi, Phil. How are you? Good. Alhamdulillah. I'm doing good. So today's topic is about marriage. It's such an interesting topic. Our the name, the title of our topic is Match Made in Heaven. And let's see how we are going to unfold it, inshallah. All right. So marriage is a beautiful relationship. Uh, which was the very first relationship created by God in, in you know, um, as Adam and Hawa were the first spouses on the earth. And every other relationship originates from that. So that's the uh, beauty of this relationship. It's a very intimate, close relationship and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created your spouse to be your companion to be a partner in every single thing every every part of your life once you're married you're stuck with each other so that's how it's supposed to be and um subhanallah the beauty of spouses or this relationship like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls us garment for each other uh, and what does a garment do? A garment covers you. It covers your flaws. It covers your nakedness. It's covered, it covers all your secrets. It protects you. It adorns you. It beautifies you. You know, that is why we wear garments. We wear clothes, beautiful clothes to, to look beautiful, to look nice. Uh, and that is what a spouse does, spouses do for each other. That's how they should be. They should be complementing each other. Um, and a very beautiful longing for each other in their hearts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has put in the hearts of the spouses at the moment of uh, the nikah, you know, the time when you actually get married, there is mawadda and rahmah uh, that is put into the hearts of each other, for each other, which is beautiful, which is beautiful, subhanAllah. And, you know, that that's why at the end of the day, when you go, you want to go home and want to see your spouse, getting together with them, sitting with them, sharing your thoughts, sharing your days, sharing your feelings with them. And I know it all sounds like a movie, uh, but that's how it should be, is how a marriage should be. Allah subhanahu wa says that. Uh, we, we, your spouses, your azwaj are created for sukun, to be able to provide sukun for each other, you know, sakina. And that is when we come together, we need to be a source of peace, tranquility, calmness, relaxation, happiness for each other, inshallah. So that is all what we're going to discuss in today's episode. It's going to be interesting. So stick around, inshallah. Um, we all we also need to understand that uh, it's it takes two to tangle. So a marriage is a relationship between two people and two families, and it's not a one person's job, right? So inshallah. So that's what we're going to discuss in today's episode about the social and cultural challenges we all face in um, having a healthy and happy marriage. Right, Mavish? Yes, um, I think you pretty much summed it up. Like, Masha, like marriages, 
um, supposed to be a safe space for both of them. And it is pretty much the foundation of a society. That's where uh, if you have a healthy marriage, it's pretty much going to help create children that are healthy, have a good vision, and they're in, they're just ready to face the world. And it, that's why also the selection process of your partner is so important. And, and that's pretty much when all the cultural societal stuff kind of comes in, where you have your parents kind of playing a huge key role when it comes to picking your spouse. And also after marriage, how um, you pretty much are basing your marriage on what your parents' marriage has been like. So that then that also kind of creeps in how you um, view the other person and how you resolve conflicts and all of that. And a culture definitely has a lot to do with it because it kind of states um, this, um, the space that the woman is supposed to be and then the space that the men is supposed to be. And sometimes, of course, there are clashes based on um, what they want from the marriage. So that should be definitely come, something that should be communicated before marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot of work that needs to be done before marriage. And then, of course, it needs to be implemented after marriage. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think then that's also when the parents come in, they should be sitting down with their kids and talking to them about kind of getting an understanding about what that person wants from the future spouse. Do they have a clear understanding what they want from their spouse? Um, because as you say, it kind of is a movie, but you have to be realistic about it um, in the sense that it could be a Bollywood happy ending if you kind of have a better understanding of yourself. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible to achieve that, right? Uh, not like exactly Bollywood kind, yeah. but we should have that connection with each other where we, we see each other. We want to sing a romantic song. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. We want to yeah. spend a, a nice romantic evening with your spouse and have that connection with each other and feel the love and closeness for each other. And that that's how it should be. And we see that in... Um, if you go back, you know, in, in the Islamic background also, you see that happening between, between the Prophet and his wife. You see yeah. that happening, you know, biting um, on the piece of meat from the same side where she had taken a bite, sipping water from the same side. It's, it's like kissing each other. It's, and it's beautiful, you know, thinking about Prophet doing that. It, it's not. Yeah. So it, it's how it's... Um, it, it's such a normal uh, human need to be romantic with your spouse. There is no shame in that. Yeah, there is nothing wrong with being romantic. It's, and that's such, a, it's, I think that's the most romantic thing to do when you're giving that much doubt, when you're looking at the person eating and seeing where they're biting and picking that spot. That's sweet. And being so aware of what your spouse wants, what makes your spouse happy. Mm -hmm. And there's so many narrations about how, um, um, what do you call it? Like how he would do small things to make her happy. There's so many narrations. You don't even need to look at movies. Just read about the relationship and yep. you'll learn so much from it. Yep. And how he would help out in the household, how he would, uh, if she wanted to go somewhere and he was not completely okay with it, he would still take her there just to make her happy, right? And it, it, it is such a beautiful relationship. And it is, it should be, um, 
a spouse should be each other's safe space, uh, someone you can come to reconnect with, talk to them about the day, have that support when, it, mm -hmm. when it's um, mm -hmm. time to get that support. Yeah. You give and take like that. And it, it is pretty much um, definitely a foundation, as I said before, about yeah. from where you can grow the future generation. Yeah. And like you mentioned, the support, the Prophet and his wife, Khadija, you know, how she supported him. He looked for her for support the first time the Wahi right. uh, was revealed. And he was, I mean, it was the first experience. So he was nervous or scared. However, his feelings was he straight up went to his wife. So he confided in her. That is how a relationship should be. A wife should be able to confide in her husband and trust. And the husband should be able to confide in her, his wife and trust her in any situation. In any mm -hmm. situation, I should feel comfortable and safe enough to go talk to my husband uh, and vice versa. Uh, that, you know, I'm not going to, we're not going to judge each other. We're not going to shame each other. We're going to support and be positive about these things. So we're going to reflect on uh, each, uh, each spouse's role, inshallah, in, in the following episode of, from this one, which is in the connection to this. Right now, what we're discussing is how challenging it is for a couple to survive in this social environment where everybody is influencing your marriage. You are around people who are constantly judging you, constantly giving feedbacks, constantly expecting you to do your best, be at your perfect behavior, yet also attend to so many other things. Just be a perfect human being, which is impossible. So. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind uh, is how our society believes, like you mentioned, how we should know premarital, you know, pre, you discussed a little bit about premarital uh, process, um, which does not exist in our society. You know, we, what, yeah. what is that? that? Premarital yeah. counseling, premarital discussions, the process of, uh, of uh, choosing a spouse, uh, that does not exist in the life of a person who's getting married. It's all like in handed over to the elders or whoever, whoever people, guardians and stuff. So, uh, and those guardians, so let's discuss the behavior of our society and our guardians, our parents towards, uh, or even our family and relatives, our friends towards a married couple and how does all of that make it hard for them to create a marriage they would like to create? You know, how much interference there is. And the first thing that comes to my mind is, which is really in the beginning of everything, is that we believe that if you have a problem, if your son has a problem, the first solution is get him married. Or if a girl is having a problem, you know, it's, it's both ways. Sometimes a girl is um, not acting doing the right, out acting out, not doing the right things uh, per se, the society's guidelines. Um, the solution is to get her married. What is, what's this going on? What's the psychology behind it? You're a counselor. Okay, now tell me, what's the psychology behind this? Why do we think, that the solution to every nonsense in a in a kid's life is get them married. Unfortunately, that is a solve-all solution. Uh, if the boy or the girl is at a marriageable age, 
the solution for pretty much everything is get them married. And I don't think there is a, a lot of rational thought that goes through it. I think it's like give them responsibility, get them out of the house and they'll just figure it out. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't happen. It is not, you are pretty much kind of just pushing your problem away. I think it's almost an escape. And it's not the proper thing to do because let's say you have, for example, you have an 18 year old who you feel is acting out in whatever way. And you're like, okay, the solution is to get her married. She's an 18 year old. She is going through a lot of issues. And instead of helping her out, you're going to kind of shove her in a new household with a new person and ask her to figure it out. That's not going to work out. Yeah. Especially, you know, see someone is struggling with mental health, let's say. or someone is struggling with addiction someone is struggling with um i would also say procrastination to a point where it's actually a problem you know affecting a lifestyle Mm -hmm. Uh, for that person why would you uh, why would you like just put another huge responsibility because with marriage you don't add a spouse only you add kids then you know, it becomes a whole family. It grows no matter how much you don't want to, it grows. And how would that person learn to be responsible? Like by dumping them with the most serious responsibilities in the world. That I mean, that's why like always my, my first concern is you as a parent, how are you setting up your child as for success? in mm-hmm. a marriage or in a career, even just for life. In life, yeah. Are you a type of parent who has not let your child take control of their own lives? Or are you a parent who is dictating every single thing to them? Like, what are, where are they gonna go? Who are they gonna meet? Um, what career they're gonna pick? What they're gonna wear? Just every part of their life, if has been dictated to them, Logically, you cannot expect them to go ahead in their life and just Mm -hmm. take up a huge amount of responsibility and be okay with it because Mm -hmm. you didn't give them that space to mature. They don't have the maturity and you need a lot of it when you get into a marriage with a new person and have the kind of the thought process of, okay, I can do this, number one, and have the maturity of working with another person, like, okay, if this person is doing this, what should I do? Instead of keeping going back to the parent, because what happens is that if you have dictated everything to them and they don't have the maturity and they go ahead and have a marriage, they're gonna keep coming back to the parent. And then there's an issue of boundaries there. There's an issue of trust there because this person is not gonna trust the other partner because it doesn't look like they can handle them. So, not, and then they start, if they find out that the, the person is going ahead and telling their parents everything that's happening in the household, because they're just not able to deal with it, that causes a lot more problems. So my, I think, um, kind of concern and caution is always like, what did you do to set them up? Did you give them um, that, high self-esteem and that kind of maturity and kind of let go enough for them to make their own decisions so they know they can go ahead and build that relationship or you have dictated to the point where you picked out that partner for them and be like okay here you go yeah yeah another thing i think that the reason why we uh, do that why are in our society it's done is because now as a parent I have lost every power or control over my son or my daughter. 
And I cannot, of course, they're old enough now. They're not listening to me. They're just doing whatever they want to. So I want to dump my responsibilities on another person's shoulders. Yeah. So that's where it comes in. Like when you, uh, you know, marry a person who is not ready to be married to be married to and um and it regardless of age i'm not against early marriages i don't have any issues with that as long as a person is mature and ready and is know what what uh, to expect in a marriage you know but um what we do is that we dump a sick person on another person's shoulders and most commonly the other person is still young also you know, and unaware, and, and, and unaware. Yes, that's, that's very deceiving. Yes. So you don't expect your husband or your wife to be mentally sick and you have no clue. And when the things happen, you are, un- all the things are unfolding gradually and you're surprised. What's what happened here? What did I do? Uh, you know, um, but you're expected to make things better. So I think the parents, when they, uh, are when they realize that I can't handle my kid anymore so they <laughs> kind and of put them in this situation <laughs> where you, you hold the others their spouse responsible for taking care of this person or train them or change them or fix them uh, now you do it now it's your job uh, mostly I see that it's done to women that uh, they're married to men who are not ready to be married or should not be married. And then yeah. the women are expected to fix them somehow, you know, magically. So women are not rehab, rehabilitation centers. No, they're not, no. And especially if you're giving them, um, my, my thing is always that if you as a mom is not able to help your child, what makes you think a girl much younger is going unaware of what she's getting into yeah. will be able to help your child? Yeah. It's exactly. unfair and it's very, very deceiving to do that to another person's child. Mm-hmm. Uh, just think about what if that was done to you? And it's unfortunately, this is done time and time again. Yeah. In our yeah, society exactly. where it's, it's I, I don't even understand what the issue is with mental health. If you have, a child who has, I don't know, autism or Down syndrome or even some kind of other mental health issue, like anger management or or anger management or just give them hope. It's not, there's not, there shouldn't be any stigma attached to it, to getting them help. Just like when you break your leg and you go to the doctor and you fix your leg, it's just like that. You have a problem. It could be hormonal. It could be something of, because something traumatic happened. You cannot brush it under the rug and expect it to go away. It will never go away. It has to be uh, talked about. It has to be resolved in some way or another where the person is able to move on. It cannot be suppressed. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then having, and then you're just making it worse by pushing another person into their and in, in their with the relationship with this person and expecting them to change and then getting disappointed or angry that your child is still the same or things are getting worse. Yeah. Or and how damaging it is to that girl that, you know, who's expected to fix this spoiled yeah. brat 
uh, <laughs> sorry, that's how it is. And she is expected to fix all of that and make him, turn him into a perfect human being. Yet when she fails, you keep shaming her. And how damaging it is for that little girl, you know, or, or, or even if she's older, it doesn't matter. Age, really, we're not going to discuss age here because it does not matter what age you get stuck with a sick person. Yeah. You will become sick eventually as well. So I think um, that's so unfair. Yeah. I think the problem that kind of arises is that, that the mom or the dad is not thinking about the other child. They're only thinking about their own child of the troubles their own child is going through. If, they, if you started the thinking about the other person and also your child is not going to be happy either in that relationship. Mm-hmm. So you're not helping them either. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. You would, your intention is yeah. to help them, but you're not helping them. You're making it worse for them because now they have this very high stress of trying to figure themselves out and their spouse out. And if they have kids, it just just keeps growing. It's just, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it just, just keeps going. It's not helpful. Yeah. And then you create generations of just <laughs> trauma basically yes. there and yes. just learned behavior there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it's basically, you know, well, I, I look at it as if like, I can't babysit my kid anymore. So you do it for me. You do it for me. And it's, it's so wrong. And it's just not even mental health. It's sometimes also abuse, any kind of abuse a person has gone through. That's also something that's not talked about. Mm-hmm. And then the girl then has, if it's sexual abuse, that's something else she completely has to figure out by herself. Yeah. Because that's also a stigma that even though she is the victim, she's treated as the, as the villain that she kind of bought it on herself. Right. So yeah. that then that solution is also marriage, not therapy. You just get her married, she'll be fine. Uh, we established that marriage is not the solution not a, to yeah. all the problems. It's not. The problems. It, it, it shouldn't be. It truly, because the whole purpose of a marriage is to bring couples together to have, to be garments, right? To find peace in each other. Peace in each other. And if they are pushed into a relationship with people they don't want to be with, it's not that purpose is not fulfilled them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's why we have so many dysfunctional marriages in our society which are not dealt the right way and uh, another shame is brought upon the person who wants to maybe get divorced from this marriage they right. want to um, they want to quit they don't want to do this anymore because you know eventually if you're married to a sick person you you, you become sick too eventually that's yeah. what happens yeah. Uh, because how much are you going to take on? I am the fixer. And so we understand now the marriage is not so the solution to every problem. Please address all the issues before you get into a marriage, all your problems. And that's where the self-identity comes in. That's where you knowing your kids come in. That's where how your own marriage is working. Um uh, comes in that's how that's where parenting comes in in our previous episodes how we talked about how parenting is so important to raise uh how yourself grooming yourself is so important to raise a healthy happy child so they eventually become a healthy happy person and a spouse to somebody inshallah so the next thing what we face in our society is uh we so now we put these two kids together okay 
and we are very fond of early marriages okay get them together as early is, is better so the girl is younger you can shape her the way you want the the boy is young or to protect him from any kind of sin blah 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 whatever whatever the reasons are you think as a parent that now they're ready for marriage and i'm not talking about the kids who are asking to get married there's there's a difference if somebody is asking to get married that means they're ready they should get married um provided everything else is also good inshallah uh but you as a parent decide okay my daughter is 16 17 18 or 20 now she should get married yet you don't let them be independent on making the, the simplest decisions of their lives and another contradiction to that is that you want um, first you create this and then you are and then second thing you want to you want to guide everything you want to feed like feed them. yeah yeah why 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 is that there a contradiction um According to me, honestly, if you feel that your child is not mature enough to um, figure it out after marriage, they shouldn't be getting married. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you don't trust your child to um, pick their own spouse, to know what they want, and pick their own spouse to be part of that decision, they shouldn't be getting married because you are spoon feeding them at this point. Mm -hmm. And what makes you think that when they're out there with this person completely alone in a new relationship, um, they're going to be able to thrive and build that relationship because mm -hmm. you gave them nothing. You didn't give them the tools to make their own decision. You didn't grow that maturity level. So they shouldn't, I, don't, I personally don't think they should be getting married. Then. Because if you're also, if you're, what are you looking at? Like who, who, you're looking at what your, um, idea of a good spouse is for her that's not always necessary true because i think as parents we look at different things when we're looking for an eligible spouse for a kid then the person looking for a partner themselves do you understand what i mean so for example like as a parent i would be looking at their education i will be looking at their background at their family how much they make uh, where they live that's what I'm going to be looking at. I'm going to be like, oh, this is a good enough guy and he is religious and everything. But I, as a person who's looking for a spouse, would be looking at their hobbies. I would be looking at what interests them. I would be looking at um, what they like to eat, what their favorite foods are. Um, I would be looking at like um, how many kids they want and all that stuff. So a much more deeper personal level. I won't be looking at a resume. Mm -hmm. I would be looking to get to know that person. Mm -hmm. And only the, the, the girl or the boy who's looking for the partner could be the one to talk and find out. Because the parent is not going to ask them, what are your hobbies and all that. It doesn't make sense. They're not connecting. You have to connect on some level to then go, okay, I want to marry this person. I want to live my life with this person. You have yeah. to have some kind of compatibility there. Mm -hmm. and it could be the best person in the world you could have the two best people in the world as individuals but they might not thrive together yeah. because they have completely different lifestyles or way of thinking mm -hmm. right does that make sense it does make sense so which uh which makes me think of as this thing uh needs to be a team effort mm -hmm. right 
we can't say uh, me as a girl or a boy can't say that I'm going to choose my spouse all by myself. No, parents should do. We need to involve our parents. We need to, because of course they're older, they're more experienced, they have insights, they have uh, wisdom. So all of that is definitely going to help us. They can look far. They can they can look at a person and figure out things which we can't as young kids. You know, then we need to be we need to allow our parents to work with us, and the parents need to allow our ki- the kids to work with them. So it's a team effort. Uh, no parent want to actually hurt their kids. No parent intentionally choose the wrong spouse for their child. But we need to come to a middle ground here. We yeah. are a team, so we gotta work together. And unfortunately, that doesn't happen that often. Um, I think parents, most of the time that I have noticed are like, you know, I know better. I don't think you know what you're doing. And in some ways, in some things, I agree that a parent definitely has that wisdom and maturity to know better Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. some things. But as you said, it has to be a team effort. Children should not be, should not be, forced into a marriage that's also not allowed in islam as it is mm-hmm. you shouldn't be taking them off to a different country and giving them the choice of either you get married and come with us or you stay here yeah and that sadly does happen mm-hmm. uh, you a girl especially two girls they could go off to another country and they get married off without any prior knowledge yeah yeah and i mean even that, even where you are at like th- that's usually the process of marriage especially towards girls they're just like told like we have fixed your marriage with this guy i mean especially um where i come from this actually what happened to me (laughs) when i come out like that yeah i mean alhamdulillah i'm doing all right but uh, and a lot of people are doing all right with that also but this is not a good practice because that's not encouraged by our deen Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to ask your daughters if she is okay with this you know this is the guy we we found for you and he seems to be a good fit are you okay with it it's just simple as that and I am I'm 100% sure still 80% girls are gonna say yes you make the decision for me I'm fine with it Yeah. yeah yeah Yeah, and it should be okay for the girl to say that, let me talk to the boy also. It should be. In Islam, it's allowed. It shouldn't be okay, this is the boy for you. I have made the decision and that's the end of it. They should be making the decision to to get to know their partner. Yes, so that's where the premarital counseling comes in. I know this is not, this is a new concept for our society. So yes, so now we understand that it is a team effort. Uh, when the parents, you think the kids are old enough to be married, give them the trust uh, and the confidence that... Again, it kind of goes back to your relationship with your child. Yes. If you have built up that trust and um, deep relationship with the child, that the child is comfortable enough to come to you to say that I am interested in this and this person. And it's something that you can look at like okay let me look at the girl she has but instead of getting kind of angry that I wasn't part of the decision since the beginning yeah Um, and I think um, and then same thing then with the child is if you have the child's trust the parents they have the relationship they can easily sit down and say that okay the 
the uh, the girl, a boy that you're showing to me, Dirisha, that's come for me. It's not something I am very interested. This is what I want. So this mm -hmm. is what I would like my mom or my dad to look into. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. are looking for a spouse. And that definitely helps. Yeah. Um, like, for example, it, over here in, right, uh, in America, it's like we do a lot of, like for me, we didn't, like we, I got my like, husband's or whatever it's online. Um, like we had an account that my parents and I, my parents and I were monitoring and we would go through profiles and then we found his and we, I spoke to him. I liked him. Then my parents came in, spoke to his parents and all. So it was because we had that communication. I had that communication with my parents and we already set expectations that this is how it's going to go. Like if I speak to the boy, I like him. I let you know, if you speak to a boy and you like him, you let me know. And then we sit down and talk about it and make a decision. And, um, and of course, kind of let them know what my expectations are from my future spouse. So they have an understanding of what I am looking for. Mm -hmm. So um, it definitely helps. Um, and Alhamdulillah, like, uh, I found someone who is compatible to me and uh, has come yeah. from a good family and all of that. And it's basically, it goes back to teamwork. And yeah. having that respect, and I think that's something else. Like parents tend to not respect their kids' decisions, yeah, because they don't trust them, yeah. And I think even if that kid would be the best, like the most mature kid in the world, mm -hmm. parents for sometimes have trouble yeah. respecting the what the child wants, yeah. And I think it is. It depends obviously on what the child wants. Either the parents can sit down and talk to him, or yeah. just kind of let go based on what it is if it's something small um pick your battles basically yeah. i mean and, yeah yeah and then move and just put in that teamwork i think that all around it helps so much yes. and another thing that i think also uh, not um when we're talking about premarital counseling that's also part of it that's such an important part of it and Ishaq will talk about that and um, another is as a parent you should be sitting down with both your kids and telling them the Islamic rights that they have for themselves and over each other. So yeah. they're clear on that because there's so yeah. many times that I speak to women and other women and they're like, oh, um, and sadly what has happened is we know more about our culture rights, like, like culturally what we're supposed to be doing for our husbands. Beauties, yeah. And that yeah. has superseded our Islamic rights. Yeah. And unfortunately what has happened and at least I see in my generation and the future generation is they move away from Islam. Yes. Because they all they hear about is culture, 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 culture in our culture, in our country. We do this. Yeah. this. And no one explains to them that this is culture, this is religion. It's yeah, very it's so mixed up. Yeah. It's completely mixed up. And sometimes to the point where Islam is kind of pushed to the side and culture <laughs> comes in and they're like, this is just how it is. In our family, this is how we do things. And even if you try to explain to them, they just have a very hard time understanding that this is not Islam. Mm -hmm. Especially mm -hmm. I think for women, there are so many things they're taught about what they're supposed to do with the when it comes to their husband, the relationship. Um, and they then start learning about Islam. And they're very, very surprised that I didn't know this. I didn't know we had this, right? I know. Like, I know. For example, like, just taking your last name you don't have you don't you're not supposed to actually take no. your husband no you shouldn't i mean you're actually discouraged from taking your yeah, husband yeah. yeah but as a society in our culture 
you that's just automatic no one even asks it's like if you don't you're you're committing a sin so yeah. that's how culture has become subhanallah i mean it's uh, it's it's very annoying that the culture has more importance than islam if you refuse to do something that is culturally known uh, it is looked down upon it is uh, cons- it is like considered a sin literally and there's so many things when it comes to women's right like uh, that is considered a sin yeah. in our culture when it's not like for example one of the things i learned when uh, when it comes to the nikah contract that how you can change it a woman can add things to it um and, and before you even go there are, are we even reading it <laughs> that's another thing yeah that's another i, I thing. did not read it and uh, it it's truly is interesting how sadly men take away women's right it it truly is sad It, oh my god we need to have we need to actually do an episode where we read the nikah contract it, it, yeah we should do it yeah definitely i don't even know where it is uh, no not you can look it up just an empty one you know we're going to read it and we're going to discuss it and uh, maybe we can invite an imam uh, in our episode to put light on that yeah yeah, yeah. because i found it very interesting i never knew that it was changes to the nikah contract because they're like so cool the yeah contract, you can add whatever you want to it. of a course of very thoughtful mm-hmm. about what you add to it because it is a binding contract and if mm-hmm. you don't follow it it breaks it so you need to be very careful what you put into it but so i i don't remember exactly what it was i think i wanted to put into the contract and my parents were like no why would you put that in like why are we even talking yeah. about Now, why would you put that in? Yeah, I mean, it is what it's. It is. I spoke to my husband, and he was hundred percent okay with it. Yeah, but they were like, no, you're not doing yeah. that. I mean, it is a contract, right? Yeah, it is just like any other contract. It has clues. It you can add conditions. You can say yes. You can say no before you sign the contract. It's not a giveaway. Sign it. I sign my life off to my husband. It's not that. <laughs> and the funny thing is between those two people they, they so they should be the one making the decision discussing it mm-hmm. and agreeing to the contract actually yeah. reading it it's funny yeah. why does someone read the contract we should be reading it i um, yeah i don't think even the guys read it nobody no, reads it nobody the guy asked him and he was like no i didn't read it <laughs> no nobody reads it oh, it's funny it's actually <laughs> funny how many how much how ignorant we are yeah. you know Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala has created so many good things for us and we don't benefit from it just because we're ignorant we don't want to learn we don't want to explore subhanallah no we are also i think given incorrect information i think it's because we don't know so you know whatever the culture evolves into that's what becomes the law unfortunately all right so let's move on to the next uh, point and we kind of did uh, already uh, merged into that that you know usually what are the expectations from a girl in a marriage is where a girl is expected to act more mature and responsible than the boy and um a, a boy a man can do anything stupid he can behave any way he wants but the girl uh 
is always supposed to behave the right way. And, um, and in the same extension, what happens is that when a man has a problem with his wife, and it could be a genuine problem, I'm not discouraging that. When the man brings up that problem with somebody, which you should, you know, when you have a problem, you need to go to a neutral third party to help you with it. Please do encourage men talking about their problems. Don't push them away. But what I'm going towards is, you know, the wrong way of uh, approaching those problems, like shaming your wife in front of your mother and shaming your wife in front of her parents or your siblings or her siblings or, or relatives. Like not, that is, first of all, that's not a right intention to fix your problem and work on your problem. That's just to degrade the other person, shaming that person. So that's done to a woman. But when a woman brings her problems to somebody, she's told to keep quiet, be patient, do more, serve him more. He's going to come around. He's going to come around. He's going to come around. Like when? Come on, man. I've seen in... <laughs> I've seen... So <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I, this is so, so common that a woman suffers for 30, 35 years of her marriage. Okay. And now the guy is 60. And that 60 year old who has no energy, no strength, no, no, no importance anywhere else, you know. So now he comes to his wife and like, oh, you're everything to me. You got to do everything for me and I cannot live without you, blah, blah, blah. And you're hanging with uh, that. I don't think even that happens. He just comes and he has a sense of entitlement that, okay, keep taking care of me now. I'm yeah, gonna he, be he becomes the baby. And unfortunately, these women think that um, that's my victory. Yeah. Oh, I won him. I, he's back to me. I mean, you know, like, you know, whenever you go, at least you're coming back to me. So, and it's, it's, it's the saddest thing because that's the rationale they're giving themselves. That's the, because that's what culture society has told them that, well, at the end of the day, he comes to you, right? Like it's a bare minimum that what I really find it annoying is why are women are supposed to be okay with the bare minimum? He yeah. gives you shelter. He gives you food. He doesn't beat you up. You should be happy. Mm -hmm. Why are you having problems with him? Um, okay, so he yells at you and emotionally tortures you. That's okay. Yeah. Men get angry. They have, men are men. They have their anger issues. Yeah. You just don't get him angry then. Yeah. That's the solution. And yes. for men, it could be they could have the best woman in the world. And if they're still unhappy... They will nitpick on that one thing. It could be the, the silliest thing. And they will just pick that one thing. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, his wife is like that. And he's going to go around saying, oh, my wife is like that. And it's going to be okay. It's not, no one turns around and says, well, you have a pretty good wife. Why don't you, instead of picking on that negative quality, think about all the good she's doing for you. Why? I mean, that's also... I think it's good to go to someone for advice, but I think you should also know who to go for advice. Exactly, 100%. You can't just go to a person who's just like you. I mean, obviously that's usually what happens because that's the friend you have. 
um, and he's gonna either help you, unfortunately, or unfortunately will be giving you more negativity and the sense that, oh, how dare she? You should go tell her. You should show her who's the man. Because that's the same kind of man you're going. <laughs> He's the same exactly. like you. So that's what's going to happen. That and there's going to be bias. Yeah, you would have right. You you mm -hmm. do tend to have friends who are like you. Mm -hmm. it, it's always better to have friends that are different from you because then they give you a different perspective. That's why I always say that's how you're going to thrive and grow and change. You yeah. should have people who are different from you. Mm -hmm. But we tend to obviously have friends who are similar to our thinking and our lifestyles, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So. Unfortunately, if he goes to a person who is just like him, they're going to be like, oh, how dare she, you know, and give them incorrect advice. And well, as, a, as a society, we would find that to be completely okay. Yeah, and that's when I think we kind of talked about this is that like the low, we are the low. Yeah. We need to change. We need to change ourselves. We need to change for our kids and we need to give them that change because I was under the impression that the Logue were my mom's generation. But I'm meeting girls from my generation and they are the Logue. Yeah, yeah, we're still doing that. We're still, still doing that. Still happening. Even yeah. after it happened to them, they're still doing it to their own daughters. They're still thinking that mm -hmm. way, still talking that way. Instead of collecting money and saving money for education, they're still saving money for their dowry. Yeah. And these are women my age. Yeah. And it was the most surprising thing for me ever when they started talking about that. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Why do you sense. want your daughter to go through the same thing you did? Yeah. Don't you want something better for her? Why are you teaching her what all the wrong that you were taught? Because her economic rights. they are so conditioned. They're so conditioned to accept it that if, I, if I'm going through this, I'm I'm like a number a dead person like i'm okay with all of that justifying it as a source of reward or earning jannah yes. then how would you stand up against it so if you are thinking this is my way to jannah to accept all the abuse all the nonsense all the crap and that's how i'm earning jannah uh, why would you stand up against that thing first then why would you tell your daughter not to do it? You know, why would you? That's the mindset. That's how you are getting into Jannah. And the funny thing is, that's not even true. No. You're actually supposed to fight your abusers. Yeah, yeah. If you look, and there's so many lectures, like look it up. There's so, there's so much more context to the word sabar. Mm -hmm. There's so much more to it. Mm -hmm. if you're not you're just supposed to have sabar all your life and just take it. You yeah. are supposed to fight your abusers because you are going to be asked about that too. Yes. Because guess what? Who else got abused with you? Your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Can't justify that. Mm. Um, and that's the saddest justification and rationale that, oh, this is my. And I think it, at a point, it does become easier because a woman may yeah, fight for so long. Mm -hmm. At a point, she either fights, 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 she picks her battles and then just goes quiet. And yeah, I, I don't see that happening a lot. What I see is that a person takes, like I see two things in our society. Mm -hmm. A person will just take it, take it, take it, take it, take it until they are done. And mm -hmm. then they just blow up. Like, you know, mm -hmm. 20, 25 years later in the marriage, yeah. you know, you're done. 
So you just, it's just flips. The roles basically flip, mm-hmm. you know, now because the guy is weaker, older, can't really do anything about it. Or the kids are, have grown up. So they're that's standing true. by your side. So you have the power and the courage now. So it flips. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Or the second thing I've seen is just just su- keep suffering till the end of your life. Keep suffering to the end. That's true. That's very true. And, and then I also see that um, women speaking up, which is a, which is a rare case actually, which is a very rare case. I we I know we hear a lot about like divorce rates increasing and blah blah, but actually the those practices are still continuing these are the three ways we see yeah like um yes the divorce rates are high we keep hearing this that's a completely different issue i think we'll talk about that later but um yes sadly women are conditioned to take it since they're young they're conditioned to just um to get the short end of the stick basically Mm -hmm. and that's why they think it's okay and they then go and they look at it in the sense that um, I'll get Jenna if I do this. But at the end of the day, you really have to <laughs> really read up on that also. Yeah. That it's, it's, that's, not, that's the way. not it. Like, no. does your life mean nothing? No. Um, and, and who is getting, um, and if you are going through that uh, abuse, your kid uh, is also going through that abuse. Yes, yes. Because he's exactly. the one observing everything and picking. And either he could become the uh, he could pick up something from the abuser, or yeah, or become he could one. Yeah. Abused. It could be two rules he picks up. Yep. Yeah. Either he will continue that cycle into the next relationship he has. Yeah. And and it, this is for men and women. He yeah. could become abused, or he could be the abuser. And um, and I know it's a harsh word to use, abuser, but if you're if you're mentally, and I don't mean it's not the abuse is not only physical, it also is emotional. And sadly, emotional is always a lot more hidden. And as a society, we tend to we tend to kind of minimize it that mm-hmm. oh he yells at you, he screams at you, it's fine. At least it doesn't beat you up. Yeah. And- There's always a, at least at Please. least. There. Sadly, for a woman, it's always there. At least he doesn't do this and this. Even for like some mother-in-laws, they're like, "Oh, my mother-in-law, this, this is this to me. At yeah. least I'm it to you." Mm-hmm. Or even moms would say that to their kids, where like, "My mom used to do." It shouldn't be that way. No, no. It shouldn't What's be. Wrong You're wrong. minimizing abuse. Abuse yes. is abuse is abuse. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yep. And yep. it's something that you should be teaching. And that also again goes back to the parents about how they condition their kid. Did they condition them to take it or did they condition them to fight it? It really then comes into, because that's what, what did they nurture, the flight response or the fight response? Yeah. What did what happen there? Yeah, unfortunately, I've met with women who are justifying physical abuse, you know, obvious physical abuse. So they're justifying that, protecting their husbands. Um, and to those women, I can understand if emotional, psychological abuse does not even exist, you know, how much of emotional and psychological abuse happens along with the physical abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't even see that physical abuse, um, you know, marks on your body or something. It, they go away eventually, but those marks are left on your soul. It's not only on your body. They, they go far deep. And we don't realize 
how harmful and damaging it is to the person who's getting abused, to all of the people who are around that, observing that. And like you said, how kids are going to pick on one role, either they're going to be the abuser or the abusee. So, you know, they're going to pick on one thing and the cycle keeps going on and on and on. So you have to stand up, you know, and we know in the, in the Quran also, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this lady who came to the Prophet Surah Mujadala. It's just so beautiful that this lady came to the Prophet complaining about her husband and Allah revealed an ayah for her. What do we learn from that? If Allah is with you, what are you scared of? Why don't we learn from that? So that lady's complaint was so important that Allah, at that moment, Allah revealed an ayah for her. That's how important a woman's complaint is because a woman, when she comes to you complaining, she's not coming on the first of it, you know? So she has already ignored, suffered, forgave, been patient for a long time before she comes, giving you multiple chances before she comes to someone and actually puts her complaint forward. Yeah. So that's why it it has a lot of weight. It has a lot of weight. So we need to give it importance. That is so true. And I think we need that something to... I think it's time we got rid of all these social stigmas, unnecessary mm-hmm. social stigmas and cultural stigmas, like, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I think I do see the change, alhamdulillah, like I'm seeing like uh, boys getting married to divorcees and widows yeah. and all that stuff, like Masha, that is starting to happen and it's great. Um, I think we need to just keep going down that path and keep educating yeah. ourselves so that we don't fall prey to this. And yeah. just educate yourself on Islamic rights. That's going to give help you a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I always like this. Like I always say, like you know, if Allah Taala is with you, if He is with you, mm-hmm. what do you have to fear? Everything will turn out. It will be hard. It would be hard in the beginning, but it will turn out for the better. And I think um, a lot of stigma for divorce is there. That's why don't, women don't need them, don't need these men. And that's also something that is yeah. used against them. That yeah. where are you going to go? I can go get married three more times. Where are you going to go? And um, the woman most of the time is financially dependent on the husband. So there's nothing, they, they don't know what they can do to help themselves and their kids. Mm-hmm. And their fear is also there that their kids might be taken away from them. And it's just so much happening there that um, it, it's hard. It's hard. But yeah. I think yeah. if um, I think that's what's happening right now is that it used to be hard. And now the hard they, they keep hearing the divorces are up because women are getting educated. They mm-hmm. don't care and all of that. And it's it's sad. it has gotten to sadly a bit of an extreme and it needs to come down to a middle ground. That's also a concern, but I think it's good. I think uh, women are like, we're not taking your crap anymore. No, no. yeah. <laughs> and of course it has to be, um, I, I, of course divorce shouldn't be taken lightly. I am not applauding that. And no. talking about how strong women are like, I am not gonna put up with this and men, I think still are far behind in understanding that women are not going to take this anymore. Yeah. Um, and they're slowly getting it, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think if we understand Islam the right way, yeah, and that is why it's actually kept hidden from girls, <laughs> uh, the true understanding, and even with the boys, because we just want to culturally condition them mm-hmm. that it's okay the way this is how you need to treat your wife, this is how how she needs to serve you, and you need to be served. And you are providing her and that is all that's good. You're doing your job. And beyond that is no importance. Like a woman's opinion about uh, intimacy is not important. A women's opinion about their, how they want to live their life, their dreams, their uh, choices. Um, You know, I I, I even, uh, I remember somebody sharing with me that, you know, one time she was made fun of just because of the selection of the food she likes, you know, by her, husband or- by her husband and, you know, nobody around her said anything, you know, so the a man's incorrect behavior is never pointed out. It's never uh, addressed, you know, and that gives out such a bad wrong signal that tells a man that it's okay. However you behave and she should deal with it. She should be okay with it. So there's such an imbalance and when a woman choose to, uh, you know, get out of that relationship, our society makes it impossible for her to continue with her life. Yeah, that's like so true that no one is really supporting the woman that much. And sadly, women are not supporting women. Men will support each other. They will come up with things like, you know, just justifications. But sadly, women are not supporting women and unfortunately what i'm seeing is that they tend to bring each other down like every marriage is different every marriage is going to look different so um sadly jealousy is also a factor mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's there and um so we really need to empower each other and support each yeah. other yeah uh, if, if i think we kind of spoke about this a bit was that if you see a person doing something else something different from you Let's say for as a mom, if another mom is a stay-at-home mom or a career-oriented mom, they shouldn't be shamed for that choice because both choices are allowed. Yeah, Both choices are allowed and they yeah. shouldn't be shamed for that. And they should be supported and helped in that also yeah. because both is hard. Being a mom at work and being a mom at home, it's both is, it's pretty tough. Mm-hmm. So definitely empowering yeah. each other. yeah. And I think, you know, that there comes again, the role of a mother, you know, you got to be informed, you got to be educated Islamically and in the worldly education, you got to have that confidence that when you see that something is wrong in my marriage, I should be able to address it. I should be able to speak up. I need to get it the point across that this is not how it's going to work. And this is not what I'm going to keep take up on you know I'm not gonna continue on taking it and you need to be strong enough and um and if a person chooses to chooses divorce in and and no woman just wants a divorce for fun you know it's it's after she has given multiple chances and choices so um you sh- our society needs to accept those women and you know that reminds me of the time of the prophet ﷺ when getting divorced and getting remarried was so easy it was it was nothing there was so no stigma easy. attached to it yeah it was a choice and it was okay obviously it wasn't taken lightly but when it happened yeah. it, 
it wasn't a so it was basically kept private why it happened it was there yes you know i think that's another thing that it's like such a big deal oh my god why did they get divorced what happened what happened and then people come up with their own ideas and assumptions about it and then it's just a huge thing that everyone has to discuss Mm -hmm. at that Mm -hmm. time it happened it was between those two people and it was those those two families and that's it done it shouldn't be a such a huge deal and it shouldn't be discussed and definitely you shouldn't be gossiping anyways about something that happens in other people's life you just have to respect their decision that this must be something they both uh, didn't take lightly they had a hard decision to make if they have kids it's a much harder decision yeah and support that and just i mean if you can't support it fine at least respect it yeah i mean stay out of it stay out of it no? not your business none of your business dude why do you need to know <laughs> why do you need to know i think that's why it's so important to have respect for your i think love and all that it will come but mm-hmm. to respect that's i think that's where every relationship should start mm-hmm. and even if it's ended you should respect that person to mm-hmm. um not divulge the secrets just because you're done with them as even with friendships you shouldn't be doing that you shouldn't be doing that with any relationship mm-hmm. so um i feel like the role of a woman is very very important uh, in all around us you know in every whatever you are you're a mother you're a wife you're a daughter you're a aunt you're a cousin you're a friend as mm-hmm. all the roles you are in you play a huge it's it's heavy it's heavy and and yeah. for that reason we need to be educated like you know like they say that behind every successful man is a woman i would definitely say behind every failed man is also a woman you know either it's your wife or it's your mother definitely two these two people are very important in your life um so get um you know do your best and know what definitely you need to do it's a huge responsibility because we are pretty much upbringing the next generation and the language that your mom speaks is what you're going to speak and the way that she communicates the way she talks about other people is what you're going to do mm-hmm. so it's a huge responsibility that we need to uh, be aware of and educate ourselves so we instill the proper um, beliefs and um, ideas in our kids and i think that the most yeah. important kind of comes down to is to empower each other mm-hmm. um, as women just not bring each other down and sadly that's that's <laughs> it's that what's that would they say like yeah like sadly it's it's i have seen that perpetuated many times and, yeah. and it's just because as a woman you understand what the other yeah. woman is going through you should yeah. the heart-wrenching emotions that that woman is going through so you should be kinder to her instead of belittling her or talking about her in a negative way definitely help each other out a bit more yeah. because men they are always going to stand out like bro the bro code you know they are going to be there for each other so i think we yeah. should be stronger for each other also also exactly you know give give them some attitude that's fine <laughs> and that's going to give you that importance which yeah. you claim it you know why not why yeah. not allah has created you as an honored uh human being a respectful human being and if allah has honored you why can't you claim it from 
anybody else why not yeah so definitely um we're we're at 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 the wrap we're gonna stop here it's almost an hour um but there's another very important point we have missed which we're gonna inshallah continue in the next episode so follow uh, uh you know don't miss the follow-up episodes the next episode is going to be really interesting we're going to talk about what things you should be doing as a couple to inshallah make your marriage be a much smoother and loving experience and that's mm-hmm. the role model you're going to create for inshallah for your kids also you know uh so let's wrap here Please uh, like, share, and comment. Let us know how you're liking our episodes. And uh, if you have a problem, if there is an issue, something's bothering you, let's chat. Let's see you in the next episode. Take care. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Wa